Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Today we dive into the topic of sex and intimacy. Underneath the, the guideline of your body is precious. Your body's just not a bunch of molecules thrown together with skin wrapped around it. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside. Culture would have you do so many different things with your body that God never intended. But if the thief be found, <clears throat> God gets the victory and you get sevenfold back in return. I gave this notice last week and I want to give it again. This topic, I understand that there are some children that don't go to, to youth ministry. I have done my very, very best to keep this rated G, rated E for everyone. But this is, this is your moment now. If someone saying the word sex gives you the willies, we are, we are here every Sunday beginning at 10. Romans chapter 12. We're in the Amplified version, and here's where we ended last time, right before we got into this topic. We were saying that when you look at things that you put in your body, we talked about food already, but we also talked about chemicals, alcohol, drugs, pills, powder, needles in the arm. We said that things like that are leading you down a path to nowhere. But what the Bible told us to do is if we're looking for something to, com to complete us, that we need to allow God to fill us up with the Holy Spirit. It also took us down a scripture that said we also want to do away with sexual immorality. And a way to do away with that is to wrap ourselves up in Jesus. So between filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit and wrapping ourselves up in Jesus, we should have all we need to live a life that's complete and whole. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 in the Amplified Bible, we talk through where it says we need to make a decisive dis dedication of our bodies to God, all of our members and all of our faculties. All of your faculties, meaning everything that you can do with this body, your, your, your hearing, your seeing, your touching, any actions that you take should align with, the what, with what God wants you to do with this body of yours and mine. There are two more versions of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that I'm going to go through briefly because I want to get into some other details, but let's just give you some tidbits out of them. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, in the voice version of the Bible, it says that your body should be a living and holy sacrifice to God, and that would be something that brings pleasure to him. In the Message Bible, it says that you're to take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. It goes on to tell you 
please do not be so well adjusted to culture that you fit into it without even thinking. A culture that actually has things on TV where a man or a woman can line up with 12 strangers to see when love is going to come out at the end of the season. <laughs> and we laugh about that. But if you ever watch it, they're in the hot tub together. They're in the park together. And every aspect of that is seeding into everyone that's watching that that's the way it's supposed to be. That's not God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is going to bring us fully into our discussion about sex and intimacy. And it's going to provide us with, with a, a perspective on our bodies, a godly perspective on our bodies that's going to help, help season our mindset and help season our attitudes. Here's what I hope today. I hope that today's session for men and women alike, because a lot of times when you talk about uh, sexual immorality and things of that nature, the world wants to shine the light on women. Let me tell you something. Here's what my mama told me. Nobody's in this world doing it by themselves. So where there's one, there's got to be the other. We often hear that men are dogs. Once again, my mother told me the same thing. A dog's not being who he is alone. But here's my hope, that what we talk about today orient our actions to be acceptable to God and not culture. That they push us to instill in our children a godly perspective on their bodies. And they help us at least want to influence our friends and prayerfully others to make casual sex a non-choice. Now we're going to start in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to be reading out of the message version of the Bible. And as we broach this subject of sex and intimacy, please hear me closely. Every single person, make eye contact with me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about consensual exchanges. Say consensual. Sexual assault and or battery is criminal. Rape is criminal. The word no is a decline to consent. No is no, people. No is stop. No is let me go. No is get off of me. No is no. It doesn't matter what I agree to before that point. It doesn't matter how intoxicated I am. 
It doesn't matter what I said I would do. It doesn't matter what we agreed to before now. No is no. And if you have ever had someone force themselves on you in that manner, I have to tell you that must be a horrible thing to experience and my heart goes out to you. Greta and I pray, if that is you, if you've gone through that experience, that God brings to you joy, restoration, and relief as only he can. Our discussions are discussions with respect to consenting individuals. Verse 12. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get away with, I'd be a slave to my whims. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging with sex. Since the master honors you with the body, honor him with your body. Just like the body craves food, and that is no justification for stuffing yourself to the hilt. It is no excuse to say, I had sex because I had needs. I had sex because I wanted to. That does not honor God. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. He'll treat yours the same with the same resurrection power until the time. Remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take your master's body off to a whorehouse, would you? I sure hope not. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much a spiritual mystery as a physical fact. As written in scripture, two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, if you have the message Bible, read this with me. We must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. You can never become one that way. We want to avoid those kind of casual sexual exchanges that avoid commitment and avoid intimacy. The King James Version says it like this, we should flee from fornication. The Amplified Version says that we should, sh we should shun immorality and all sexual looseness, fl fr flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. Here are some terms that you may be familiar with instead of simply saying casual sex. One night stand. Booty call. The hookup. Friends with benefits. No matter the term you put on it, folks, they all dishonor God. 
The Bible here in the message version said it avoids commitment. It avoids any formal pledge or commitment through marriage. Whatever comes out of this exchange, I have no responsibility to you. It's all your business. No matter if it's a child, no matter if it's a disease, no matter if it's pain, no matter if it's hurt, I have no commitment to you re regarding it. It also avoids intimacy. What is intimacy? You ever thought about that? A lot of people think intimacy, if you, if you pick it up from TV or, or maybe your, your buddies growing up, is the actual getting together, the actual hooking up. Intimacy is far, far more than just that act. Here is what God intends intimacy to be. He contends that intimacy is a closeness, a confidential fellowship, an exchange not just of the physical, but of the mind and the spirit, going deep within the soul of each other. Intimacy. When God thinks of intimacy, he thinks of the blending together of the sexual act with the emotion that arises from the fact, from the belief, from the hope that what we're doing is just something between us two and nobody else. We are becoming one because we are one not to be shared with any other individual. Say this with me. God does not want me to pursue such activity because it leaves me lonely, it leaves me cold, and empty inside. You want to see what? What casual sex looks like, turn to Psalms 30. Psalms 30 in the Message Bible, beginning in verse 18. I'm going to start reading. Excuse me, Psalm 30, verse 18. There's no Psalm 30. Then <laughs> There's no psalm. Go to Proverbs. Try for it's not. I don't think it's Proverbs 30. Let me tell you what it says. And those of you who have the electronic wherewithal, please find it for me. It's the one that talks about there are four things that God likes, and there's three things that He. All right. Thank you. It says, three things amaze me, no four things I'll never understand. How an eagle flies so high in the sky. How a snake glides over a rock. How a ship navigates the ocean. Why adolescents act the way they do. And that is, that is in reference to the affection between a man and a woman. Young love, things like that. I, I'll never understand that. Verse 20, though, family. Here's how a prostitute operates. 
She takes sex with her client, takes a bath, then ask who's next. That, my friend, is casual. There's no commitment in that. There is no intimacy in that. It's just business. Nothing more than a transaction. I was asking God and I, I, was, I was challenged with whether or not I'll go down this road, but I'm going to go down that road. I'm going to go down that road because I feel that it's safe to go down that road here. That you recognize that the only reason that we're talking about this is to prayerfully get us in the place that God wants us to be. I don't know anybody's situation. I don't know anybody's circumstance. I don't know anybody's history. But what I do want you to know is what we're getting ready to talk about is going to challenge the way if that's, that's you, it's going to challenge the way you view that hookup. When we look at that, I asked God, I said, God, when we think about that scripture and it talks about how a prostitute operates, I know in my heart that nobody, nobody, who's doing the hookups, who's doing the one-night stands, thinks about themselves as a prostitute. They would not ever in a million years even entertain that discussion. Are you wanting me to do this comparison? Because I can tell you right now, it really, really hit me in my spirit. And I rarely get to the point to where I'm a little apprehensive about saying something. But it hit me. So here it goes. When we're talking about prostitution, we're talking gender neutral. Sometimes even in definition, they'll tie, tie that word prostitution to women, but that's gender neutral people. Completely gender neutral. But if you are doing the casual hookup, let me ask you, what is it in your mind that causes you to make such a bright line distinction between what you're doing and someone who would engage in such activity for profit? Is it because afterwards you don't ask for cash or credit? Is it because you're selective? Is it, is it because the, 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 you only are with one person? What is it about it? Because it starts to blur if we start taking certain things out of it. One's an occupation agreed, but the act starts to come close to being similar. 
That is nothing. No matter how you slice that bread, no matter what society has told you is okay, no matter what you have always done, it all displeases God. Your body to please him is to remain holy and pure. Back on the message Bible, picking up, it says, there is a sense, we were in chapter 6, in between verses 16 and 20, we're probably close to verse 19 now, there is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given, God-modeled love for becoming one with another. <coughs> Statements that men use. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Do you know what that denotes? That denotes a man indulging himself in self-gratification without any care or concern for her feelings or even needing to know her name. And articles and studies will show that there are women who approach it the same way. Wham, bam, thank you, sir. Although I, I would say that the articles go on to say that for most women, it's not as easily forgotten as men. They tend to have an emotional attachment. Even if they never see the man again, there's a period of time where there's a stronger emotional attachment there than what happened with him. But no matter the gender, it dishonors God. Or didn't you realize, continue reading, or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a price, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. In other words, you can't separate who you are in your body from your spirit. Wherever that body goes, the spirit man inside of you goes. Just like the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you goes wherever that body goes, you are also there. And you're also there because you want it to be. God owns the whole works, not just your spirit. My spirit is saved. That does not give you carte blanche to let that body do whatever it wants to do. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. 
When people see you as a representative of our Lord and Savior, as a representative of the kingdom, they don't say they saw your spirit in the grocery store. <laughs> they will say that they saw your body at the club. Casual sex, family, does not complete a person. It is short-term gratification at best. I want you to think about it like a drug. We've talked about drugs and how drugs can't complete you. Think about that casual sexual encounter the same way. Think of it just like a drug. When we're talking about, about a drug, studies show just like drugs, when you, when you have intercourse with somebody, that it releases chemicals, chemicals that affect your brain, chemicals that affect your feelings. Anyone who's ever been addicted to any type of drug will tell you. One of the things they learn <coughs> is that over time, whereas Let's call it a pill. Whereas one, one pill would get them that high, would get them that feeling, would cop them that buzz, eventually they find out that one pill just won't do the job no more. So they have to move from one pill to two or just doing that pill more often. Sex is the same that short-term gratification. In order to keep that short-term feeling up and continuing, what do you have to do? You have to do it again. And that repetition <coughs> is what the devil uses to escort us down a pattern of dark living. I struggle with this sometimes because when I talk to folks, I try to figure how many different ways can I say you have to take ownership of your body. You have to own it. It has to become your responsibility. In all the years, I've talked people through relational difficulties and relational issues. During those conversations, do you know I spend probably over half of my time trying to get that person to understand that the better situation that you're looking for, the better relationship, the better circumstances comes through a path of you taking responsibility of what you played a part in to getting you to this end. You owning up to your part. But instead, here's what I hear. The clue that I can get that a person is dodging that ownership is everything that comes out of their mouth is what the other person did. The statements of fault are directed towards the other person completely. 
they are continually dodging what they may have done to instigate the whole circumstance. Here are some things that you might hear come out of their mouth. Man pointing to the woman. She said she'd always be there for me. She said she loved me. Woman pointing to the man. He said he wanted to be with me. He called us soulmates. She said she would. He said she would. She told me. He promised me. I understand that. And I am not saying that that person did not have a hand in getting you to where you are. But what part did you play is what I'm asking you to consider. What did you do? What did you allow? What did you instigate? No matter how small the part you think it is, did you have any part in giving the enemy entrance to cause that situation? Say this with me. The door need not be open wide. The devil only needs a small crack. Let's talk about a small crack. How did you get into that intimate situation? Let me ask you this question. Did you flirt? Did you flirt with him? Did you flirt with her? What do you mean flirt, Pastor Benjamin? When I say flirt, flirt can come in subtle, subtle ways. Let's look at flirt in action. Did you start dressing better? Now that he's in the office, where them old jeans and t-shirt used to do, all of a sudden you found a dress in the back of the closet somewhere? <laughs> Haven't put on makeup in months. All of a sudden, just charging up stuff at Mac like it's Christmas. <laughs> Gentlemen. Your shirts used to be a little bit more baggy. I see you're wearing your spandex polo now. <laughs> Did you start smelling better? Before now, whatever the fragrance came off of your shower soap was good enough. Now you're putting on something made by Polo and Dooney and Burke. And just a cloud of fragrance before you leave the house. Hey, get this. Even start to keep a small body in the car so you can refresh. Come on now. 
Are you standing closer than normal? You know, two people can talk with, with several feet in between, but are you starting to get into that personal space zone? Are you really going to tell us that we can't tell that you laughing at that dry behind joke? <laughs> He's not that funny. He's never been funny. She's not that funny. She can't tell a joke to save her life, but you're laughing. And ladies, it's observable. Men, it's observable. While you're in that personal space, the flirt gets physical. You've seen women laughing at the guy. Laughing is bad enough, but now you want to you want to touch the chest. <laughs> a little opportunity to cop a feel. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Jesus, he must be working out. Gentlemen, leaving in just to put your hand on the back while you laugh. Are you sure you're not flirting? Searching for opportunities beyond that subtle touch to make eye contact from across the room. Come on now, y'all in a business meeting. Stay focused. Why are you trying to catch your eye? Why are you trying to catch his eye? Go to Psalms 101. We need to avoid the flirt. Because when you look at what two consenting people do, you might trace your involvement with him all the way back to you laughing at that dry joke. You see, if you didn't laugh, the enemy would have just pushed him on down the road. But because you left a crack open, because you gave him some indication that he can keep coming back, because you left a some seed in her mind that hey, he might be interested in me. You left the door open. No matter how small the crack. Psalms 101. Verses one through four. I'm reading out of the voice version of the Bible. I will sing of God's unsparing love and justice to you, O eternal one, I will sing praises. I will seek to live a life of integrity. When will you come to me? I will walk in my house with an honest and true heart. I will refuse to look on any sordid thing. I detest the worthless deeds of those who stray. Evil would not get a hold on me. Verse four says this, I will read, I will rid my heart of all perversion. I will not flirt with any evil. 
Don't flirt with it. Country folks say it like this. Don't you know if you feed that stray dog, that dog going to keep coming back? You starve the enemy. Give him no place in your life. That body of yours is a sacred, holy place. Avoid the flirt. We need a mindset change, family. A mindset change that we have to have a shift where we refuse to entertain certain things. To my ladies. Ladies, we, we, we have to, we have to begin to refuse tired, unthoughtful, pitiful offers from men that come in the form of words like, hey, girl, let me hit that. When I hear that, especially as a father with a daughter, I made sure I told my daughter, I'm telling every single one of you, somebody that would come to you with that tired mess does not have the love of God, the heart of God, or the commitment to God to even be seen in public with you. And furthermore, ladies, take this on the real. There should never be a man that uses your name, that references you in any fashion, in the same breath as he uses the word hit. There is nothing regarding hit that you can do to my person. He can hit the road. <laughs> Keep on stepping, right? He can hit the bricks and keep it moving. But you should never exhale that word hit and my name in the same breath. Fellas, I know what gentlemen do. I know what they say make you a man. I understand they, they have those conversations. Yo, bruh, if that was me, yo, man, I get that. Yo, man, if that was me, you know what I'd be doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fellas, that's culture. God designed us, if anything, as it relates to women, to be a nurturing, caring, 
protecting head over them. To cause them to shine. To bring out the best in them. To allow the world to see the God in them, not to demean them, not to degrade them, not to make them just something that is for self-gratification. That is not God's purpose, and that is not what we do. So as those acquaintances start telling you what they would do, gentlemen, here is, here is a new response for you. When they tell you, if I was, if I was you, I'd get that. You, you know what? Yes. If you were me, you probably would. But you know what? You're not me. Not only are you not me, you don't have to deal with potentially fathering a child. You don't have to deal with the potential of disease. You don't have to deal with potentially having broken somebody's spiritual and mental life because you just wanted a quick moment of gratification whereas she thought that you were in this thing for real. And even if nothing negative happens, if you were really my friend, you would be talking to me and figuring out a way to help me keep my commitment to God, not break it. <coughs> So if continuing to be friends is what we're going to try to do, get that through your mind. If you can't be someone that stands in the gap for me and help me be loyal to my God and his way, you got to go. One of the most common mind games that I've seen played on males and females alike is this piece of tired trash. That if you don't give me what I want, if we don't do this thing, I'm gonna leave you. Hmm. If this thing don't happen, I'm out. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy is preying on your emotions. That's the world trying to get you to conform. It is Satan's attempt to mold you into someone you are not meant to be. And get this, I don't care what you used to do. It is the enemy's objective to get you either where he wants you to be or to drag you back to where you said you'd never again go. Don't fall for that. Now, loved ones, think of it this way. Listen closely. Do you really want to be with someone who gives them, who gives themselves to you, backed by the threat that they would leave you if you don't? Let that sink in. Do you really want to be and give yourself to someone who has you give yourself to them under the threat that if you don't, 
I'm going to leave. A person who is telling you that they already got leaving in their mind. Before you even actually do the act, they've already telegraphed to you that before pants and shirts and undergarments ever come off, before the slow jams start to go over the speaker, I gonna have one piece of me in the bed, but my foot is already out the door. If he cares for you, ladies, He'd do it God's way and he'd wait. If she cared for you, gentlemen, she would do it God's way. And she would wait. Here are a couple things to note. When you're looking at that person in the eye and they're telling you, I care for you. Don't you dare be afraid to ask yourself, what do you really mean by that? Don't you hesitate to ask that person, what is it that you mean by that? You care for me. Are you just looking at me simply to be an object of your affection? Are you looking for just a plaything? A runaround, a hookup, a quickie. You keep pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to sleep with you under the understanding that you want to get to know me better. Why is physical intimacy the only way for you to get to know me? Why is that what you keep pushing? Why is that what you keep pressing? You want to get to know me? There are a lot of ways you can get to know me. And none of them involve me getting undressed with you. None of them involve you touching me there. None of them involved us doing that act that you're talking about. You want to get to know me? The world is full of ways we can get to know each other. You want to hear some? You remember, wrote a song about it. Like to hear it? Here you go. (laughs) If getting to know me, sir, if getting to know me, Madam, it's your objective. Here are some ways we can get to know each other. We can go to the beach. We can go to lunch. We can have dinner. Do picnic in the park. We can go to the movies. Newsflash, we can serve together in church. We can go on a boat ride. We can go to the fair. We can go to an amusement park. We can go see a Broadway show. 
We can take dance lessons. We can volunteer at a shelter. Hey, we can learn how to paint. That list goes on and on and on. But why are you so hell bent on having sex with me? I'll tell you why. Because he or she, whether they know it or not, are of their father, the devil. It's him trying to manipulate and get in that crack in the door. There will be no using me as the object of your self-gratification. No more. Say this with me. The skin I'm in, skin I'm in. is in the image and likeness, and likeness of, holiness. of holiness. It is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is the place God calls home here on earth. We have to see the devil's plan clearly. What he's trying to do is he is trying to instigate and get a seed of a stronghold in your life. The seed of an emotional tie in your life. Once you are emotionally tied to him, once you are emotionally tied to her, then he begins to be able to use that to manipulate and control you and to move you further and further down a path of unholy living. He wants to anchor in that emotional addiction, but we're no longer going to fall for it. No longer will you let him defile you. No longer will you let her defile you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself holy. You got to see yourself as such. Recognize that your body is the property of the Almighty. And anybody who wants to defile you in that manner has no business being on property. And we'll close today with this. The skin that you're in is precious. That body that God has blessed you with is precious. We are to do our part to keep it healthy. We are to do our part to keep it whole. We are due to do our part to keep it pure and holy. And anybody that's engaging with you in a relationship, if they give you that ultimatum that either we do this or we're over, you let them know. And don't you blink an eye. Don't you stutter. 
let them know that if my stance before my God and keeping myself holy and pure is something that you can't get with, then get to stepping. Get to moving. Oh, and since you like that word hit, don't let the doorknob hit you. <laughs> Wait, a good Lord split you. Our bodies, and we will not be slave to some threat that causes you or I to think that out of a world of ex in excess of eight billion people, God can't find another one of you. You don't deserve to be with me if that's your mindset. Do not change your stance. Do not move on what you know God's best is for you. When it comes to sex and intimacy, casual, out. It's a covenant thing. It's a God thing. And give no enemy a place to get a stronghold in your life. And we'll pick up next time. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.